Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's the underpowered hour. On this week's show, we give you part two of our incredible interview with Duncan Barber. Then we talk a little bit about electrified defenders and upcoming Land Rover events. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Steve Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about our cars and what we're working on at thebarriscollection.com or follow us on Instagram at thebarriscollection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss. Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the machined lug nut to Stephen's chrome decorative cap. I'm the removable wheel of podcasting. Ike Goss. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram at Pangolin 4x4. Let's get started. All right, Ike. Well, you sound exceptional today. Tell us what, uh, what have you been up to in your extracurricular activities here this weekend as we come into the uh, spooky season? I've been screaming at children in a haunted house. Right. And is this sanctioned haunted house or this is just trying to get kids to stay off your lawn? It's I I wish it were the latter, but it is the former. It is a fundraiser for the local history museum. Apparently Mm -hmm. scaring children uh, promotes history. So there we go. Scaring scaring up history. Scaring Scaring up history. Interest. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great. Yeah. And it's you and Linus and Maddie and Jenna all in there yelling at kids. Yeah. Yeah. There were several that cried yesterday. It just warmed my heart. Yeah, that's great. Is that that's the goal? Hey, is to traumatize. You know, there's actually like a less scary like little kids' time. I see. It's yeah. like a, a few hours, and then there's like an older kids' time, which is more scary. Mm-hmm. And apparently, parents like to bring their young children to the more scary time, and, and they get really scared. Oh wow! Okay. Well, yeah, but it all it all benefits the museum. So. Mm-hmm. That's it's a win. All that matters. It's a win. It's a win. It's, it's a win. And what what is it that you do to scare them? Just to go through old parts bins, yeah, and, and like look at these rusty. Bags. I just show them pictures from our work, and they just cry. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, here's a <laughs> here's a stud broken off it block of this motor. How will we ever get it out? Previous owner repair. Woo! <laughs> all these wires are the same color. Yeah, no, that's great. Well, speaking of previous owners, we had just gone through the sort of press week of Land Rover's famous, famous Trek competition. This year, done entirely in the Defender 130, which happens to be the same spec as Liza and Jenna used on the Rebel, slightly modified, obviously, for the Rebel. But essentially, it is a 130, very capable, very roomy SUV that that they're running the trek in now this is the fourth year i think is that right that they've been back 
uh, yes, fourth year since they've returned the from return a 17-year hiatus, I'm told. Oof. that's We're going to do that with this show, I think. We're going to take a 17-year hiatus. Can't we'll wait. be right back. I, along with many others, cannot wait. Can't wait. Yeah, the entire audience is just counting the days until that happens. Well, we found an article from uh, Motor Biscuit. What, what flavor do you think a Motor Biscuit is? Like oil. A, yeah, it's just oil it's flavored. It's greasier than normal biscuit, which is mm-hmm. saying a lot. Mm-mm-mm. So good. Anyways, you know, interesting. Sounds like fun. They had to do some blindfolded driving. They had to run a casualty evacuation drill all kinds of fun skills i guess so what did what did the summary say it said that one of the team members was the casualty so they're just dead weight and the others have to evacuate that that person that's right and you were telling me that i guess i always thought a casualty means the person had to be dead but they could just be gravely injured i guess i i always you know thought evacuation was in a different context yeah exactly yeah you have to evacuate one of your team members which is (laughs) sketchy it's a little, that doesn't feel, it's a little off color. Yeah. Anyways, we'll put that article in the show notes. You can go check that out. And I'm sure there's going to be lots more stories coming out from Trek here in the coming weeks as it's in full swing. They've just gone through it. Had dinner with our very good friend, Jeffrey Ahuden there in New York last week. And he was talking all about it. Said it was a great time. Sounds like a ton of fun out there in Texas. Well, so. we'll be there very soon. We will be. We will be. So speaking of Texas, we're going to be there next week for Trophy. Look forward to a live, live from the trophy, a recap that uh, Ike and I will do before we fly back uh, here to Los Angeles and Oregon, respectively. And that should be super fun. We're going to bring all the cameras. We're going to make some videos. We're going to definitely make asses of ourselves. That's the only mode we have. So it should be good. You're still going to scare kids, I think. Still going to be driving 130s and it's going to be it's going to be a fish out of water scenario. I have never piloted a 130. So right, right, right. See how that goes. Yeah, well, I've driven a new driven, 130, a new 130. Yeah, I was going to say I've driven the Eclipse a little bit, but uh, no, certainly I haven't done any serious off-roading in a 130 at all. And that car is about 70 years newer than the car I drove uh, to the studio today. So it should be fun. It should be fun. So look forward to that. That'll be perhaps next week. I will finally learn how to drive an automatic transmission. <laughs> yeah, blindfolded backwards and then we're going to have to evacuate each other. It'll be great. I can't look. They're going to be looking over there and we're going to be sawzalling the roof off. It's going to be, it's going to be great. What are those guys doing? What are those assholes doing? That'll be the first and last time we're ever invited to a Land Rover event such as this. But you know what? Hey, that's, uh, that's fine. It's going to, it's going to be great. And then of course, the week after that is none other than Destination Defender. Final Destination Defender. Destination Defender. (laughs) It's some kind of rude Goldberg machine for, yeah, for murdering you and your Defender. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I can't wait. So that's going to be super fun. There's bands, the fits and the tantrums will be there. I hear those are those are those guys are great. Yeah, super fun. I wonder if Liza will do a duet. Do we want to do an over under on if Liza is going to do a duet with the fits and the tantrums this year? Two years in a row (laughs) seems unlikely. You never know. You never know. You never know. Yeah, both Ike and I will also be having fits and tantrums while we're there. So it'll be great. It's gonna be fun. I don't know what uh, kind of shenanigans we'll get up to, but if you haven't got your tickets, grab them. They're still available online. If you're part of a Land Rover club, reach out to the folks that run your Land Rover club as they very well may have a discount code for you. And the last I heard, that discount might be 100%. Pretty cool. They're uh, reaching out to the local club community. Yeah, so it's super cool. There's going to be some neat cars there and uh, food. There's food. Gonna be food. Delicious. Gonna the food last year was great. Coffee was great. I would it's gonna be steer, steer clear of the hot chocolate by day uh, three. 
it uh, doesn't, I think they just keep adding water to it. And so it just, it becomes a, a like a sludge by that last day that is uh, eaten with a spoon. So it's that's, a bit, that's the best kind. That's the best kind. Yeah. Speaking of eaten with a spoon and interesting cars. Uh, so our, our good friends in Guernsey, which little known fact, they have their own version of the pound, the Guernsey pound. So did not know that. I, I think you can spend it anywhere. But it's weird. People don't. It's like the it's like a Northern Irish pound. People don't like it. They don't. They look at it. They question it. They just not. They don't. It doesn't make them comfortable. Anyways, with those Guernsey pounds, it sounds like the armed response service, the police, the the adventure squad. This is not just any emergency response department. Mm -hmm. Guernsey is the second largest island in the Channel Islands. Mm -hmm. So this is a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah, there's lots of people on that island. They have an emergency response team and that. Team has a very special Land Rover Defender. It's armored. Oh, why do they need an armored one? In case. Okay. In case there's something, some projectiles of some variety. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's some unrest. And how often do they use this armored Defender? Apparently since 2012, when it was, was purchased for a quarter million dollars. Ten years ago, give or take, yeah. Yeah, they've, they've used it uh, zero times. Oh, zero times. Zero times. Now, I don't know what, you know, precipitated the purchase of this. Perhaps once they purchased it, those people that were They're responsible like, wow. for unrest were like, whoa, we can't. They, they've got this defender. Yeah. So perhaps it was prophylactic in that way. Right. It's a nuclear deterrent sort of a situation going on there that yeah. uh, there are people that would, uh, you know, cause chaos on Guernsey, but there's an armored defender. So yeah. as long as that's around. So it's been used zero times. So look for that to be available at a disposal auction in the near future. In the very near future for yeah. pennies on the pennies on the Guernsey pound. Yeah, well that'll be fun. And speaking of pennies on the Guernsey pound, so as you know, Ike, the uh, the United Kingdom has worked out a uh, a great scheme to mm-hmm. uh, create a battery factory. Gigafactory. Uh, like the Giga Factory in the UK, right? Right there yeah. in the UK on the English mainland. And I would assume it would garner uh, favor from, from the folks at uh, JLR to then uh, build the all-electric Defender there in the UK. Yeah, I believe several months ago, Tata sort of uh, had a ultimatum for the British government. They were like, we're going to move battery production to Spain or to yeah. Eastern Europe unless you help us invest in this gigafactory for batteries for our vehicles. So uh, I think recently, what happened? Well, they decided they're going to build the electric defender in Slovakia. So you're welcome, the UK. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, well, at least they'll have batteries. They'll have batteries, and I guess they're going to make panels at uh, Castle Brom Church, which is kind of interesting. They're they're still, and they're going to make drive units still in the UK, but then they're shipping all that stuff to Slovakia for Vlado and company to assemble there in the Slovakian uh, Defender Factory. So. Vlado is coming to visit. Oh my God! I don't know if you knew that, but he is know. he is coming to visit. He is working on very soon a 107 wagon. For those of you that don't know, this is yeah. a Land Roverista. Mm-hmm. And Heos Motors on mm-hmm. the Instagram. Yep. Our very good friend, Vlado. Yeah. Awesome guy. Yeah. Super nice guy from Slovakia. Has a Land Rover restoration shop there. Anyway, mm-hmm. he's coming to visit the old Pangolin 4x4 shop here towards the end of November. So we'll have to do a special show with Vlado. He's awesome. checking out, though, because he's 
got an upcoming restoration for that, and he doesn't have access to any there. I can't imagine there's a lot of 107 wagons in Slovakia. There's not a lot anywhere. So I think it's pretty pretty unusual. So anyway, he's coming to visit. I'm looking forward to the seeing him, and we'll do some off-roading and driving la- round of Land Rovers. He's going to be here for a few days, so that's nice. going to be great. Yeah, that'll be awesome. That'll be uh, fantastic. Well, speaking of awesome people that we have had an opportunity to uh, talk to in the uh, not-so-distant past, our very good friend, Duncan Barber, he and I sat down in the back of the Vampire Bat, the world's greatest off-road tracking camera vehicle, and we were so engulfed in what was a spectacular conversation that we just ran too long to possibly put into one podcast. We split that into two parts. It's a lot to talk about. Talk two about. very accomplished filmmakers. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. At least one. And that one just happens to have worked on everything from Braveheart. I'm not sure if you're familiar. Freedom. Golden Eye, the 007 film. I, in my opinion, one of the best ones. Best video game adaptation. Oh, for sure it is. Yeah, without question. And of course, Game of Thrones, our, our very own Game of Thrones. So Duncan and I talked about uh, working together on Game of Thrones. We talked about his very first bat, the uh, the Defender 90, that is all souped up and race ready, and how they use that really to kind of pioneer this camera stabilization stuff that he does now on, you know, like I said, in GoldenEye, the, when the tank comes through the wall and is barreling down the street, Duncan is parked in front of it and racing away from it as not to get hit by giant tank. So yeah, super cool, cool scene. Yeah. It's a cool scene. And Duncan's just the best. He's a, he's a, such a great friend of the show and such a knowledgeable and experienced. He's just, he's seen it all, you know, been there, done that. He sure has. So without further ado, here's part two of the Duncan Barber interview. And, uh, do you, Oh, do we have something very special in store? We are here in no other place than the actual Batcave with no one better than the real Duncan Barber, the actual Batman. Um, here on the Vampire Bat, the greatest off-road camera tracking car of all time. And you're going to hear all about it. The most amazing conversation uh, with a, a true Land Rover legend, Camel Trophy, Game of Thrones, Braveheart. He's done it all. And uh, for whatever reason, he's allowed us into the inner sanctum here to have a chat. So nowadays, is there, like you said, there's obviously no more Camel Trophy. Um, now, instead, four-wheel drive vehicles for the pursuit of feature filmmaking. Mm-hmm. So yep. what brought you to do that work? So I was, I'd just come back from a Camel Trophy event. Yeah, from holiday, actually, to back to Camel to find out that my job had been made redundant. Um, the day that that happened, um, Nick Phillips, who's the, the designer and builder of the Libra stab- Stabilized Head, yep. Yep. Um, he'd actually, Nick and Harvey Harrison, who were the, the kind of co-owners at that time, yep. had been on Camel Trophy with us, filming it on 16 uh, millimeter for oh, advertising purposes for cinemas and stuff. Interesting. So, okay. Yeah, oh, so they were oh, working. I didn't realize that, that yeah. they were there. That's yeah. very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, one of one of the big things about McCann Erickson wanting to use Harvey Harrison and Nick on this was because of Libra, a stabilized head. Right. Because obviously yeah. Harvey had Harvey had sold it to them, saying, "Listen, we can get some amazing shots yeah, out absolutely. the back of the Land Rovers mm-hmm. of other Land Rovers driving in the jungle." That will be really usable, right? Um, uh, because we've got the stabilized uh, yeah. technology, yeah, the Libra, yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, up until that point, the only other stabilized head was probably um, the big gyro 
yeah. ones used on helicopters. That's right. Yeah, I'm trying to think um, the, uh, what's the, the name early, of? yeah, the early hotheads. But anyways, yeah, certainly right. the Libra is like a, is a demarcation point in yes. camera stabilization. Like it's Absolutely, a, sort yeah. of started a whole new trend in how that stuff was done. Yeah. So yeah, that's very cool. So um, Harvey said, you know, we can get these great shots. Yeah. And, they, uh, and it was also, I guess, a bit of a development platform for them as sure. well, because, yeah. you know, where else do you get that, those kind of conditions yeah. to, to work in? So I used to do some driving for them when we did some of the testing beforehand. Right. And I got to know the crew really well. Nick phoned me up saying, I get, I don't, can you get not? Well, well. <laughs> he said, um, I've just, uh, I've, I've just heard from John Toll that he wants me to, uh, do the Battle of Sterling sequence on Braveheart. Yeah. And, um, he said, I'm going to build a crane and we're going to use Libra. And he said, uh, you know, what would you recommend as a vehicle to mount it on? Yeah. So I got a few more details off and we're chatting away. And well, ultimately I said, what you need is a Land Rover because it's, you know, it's a solid chassis. Yeah. We can mount stuff at the front, yeah. rear, on the yeah. sides, whatever. And he said, oh no, but a Land Rover is too, is too slow. And I said, oh, well, as it happens, I've got quite a quick Land Rover. <laughs> so at that point he, he went away and thought about it and then came back to me. And by that time. I'd, I'd been made redundant. Um, I was due to go off, uh, off to celebrate the D-Day landings in an old six-wheel drive duck yeah. that we were sailing across the uh, channel with, yeah. a, with, a, with a stuntman called Jim Dowdle, who had actually been driving for uh, Nick and Harvey on, on Guyana event. Mm. So I was heading off with, with, um, with them, and Nick was about to do some tests for Braveheart. And I said, listen, if you want, you can borrow my Land Rover stick Libra in the back of it wherever you need yeah. to yeah. Um, and do the test. So he went off, did the test. I went across the channel in a duck twice. Um, very slow journey, I can yeah. see. Yeah. Um, and when I came back, Nick said, oh, yeah, he said it was fantastic. He said the vehicle's quick enough because one of the one of the parts of the brief was it had to be able to out-accelerate a stallion from standing start to full gallop. Right. Um, right. Which your average diesel Land Rover is not, is not great no, at. Yep. No, they definitely <laughs> wouldn't do that. And also getting the grip. Yeah. Because yeah. this had been equipped with quaff diffs front and rear, so I had, you know, um, torque biasing. Traction, traction axles, yeah. Plen yeah. Plenty of traction there. Um, and so he came back, he said, oh, it's quick enough, that's great, they like that. Um, he said, but what about the suspension? And I said, well, listen, Nick, if you can get me a job on doing this by the time chat to Harvey, he said, yeah. nobody's doing off-road camera tracking. Nobody right. at all. Yeah, that's right. He said, yeah. it doesn't, yeah. doesn't, doesn't, doesn't exist. exist. Yeah, yeah. It's, not a, it's not a thing. It's not a thing. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's a thing now. Everybody's yeah. doing it. Um, <laughs> but uh, nobody's doing it as well. That's no, a, nobody's yeah, that's doing right. it as well. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so I said, I'll build you the vehicle if you can get me onto the film. And he said, great. He said, take that as red. He said, because yeah. whatever happens, I need a I need a vehicle to mount the crane, right. crane on. I spoke to Paul Ridgway, told him what we needed to do, and uh, we sorted suspension out for the vehicle. Uh, we sorted a, a, a roll cage inside it, roll cage outside it, a big framework to mount the, um, the crane to, which is basically, the crane was really almost like a dolly track mounted, a 12-foot dolly track mounted mm -hmm. vertically with a, a hydraulic capstan winch in it. Wow. And, <laughs> and a frame to move the yeah. the uh, camera up, up yeah. and down yeah. on yeah, it. In yeah. fact, I've got the, just at the back of the workshop, there's a yeah. black, uh, on top of that shelf there, there's a yeah. black bit of tubing and a flat paddle on it. Mm -hmm. That's what the, the, oh, the wow. camera used to hang on. I've still got the old crane in one of my trailers out the back oh, there. Oh, wow. Um, and that 
that's what we used on on Braveheart, and the, we were able to mount the crane on the on each side of the vehicle, and then on the opposite side went a hydraulics pack, um, which had batteries in it and hydraulic um, accumulator, and that's how we did it. Wow! And it's funny, you know, because gradually they went away from that kind of crane. Yeah. Everything was, you know, was yeah. uh, Russian arm and stuff like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then two years ago, I was on a job, and suddenly out comes a big tube um, and it's yeah. a vertical mast yep. doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. So, yeah, it is. It's pivoted back in the, and things like the black arm and stuff, yes, I think, have, exactly. have really pivoted back to being side mounted on a car yeah. or, or rear mounted on a car. And I think it just, you know, the versatility of, of that when you know the shot that you're going to get and yeah. you don't need you know, something like the Pursuit Systems guys yeah. in LA where, you, you know, yeah, if you're doing car commercials, uh, you know, the Russian arm or the Ukraine, that makes a ton of sense. But if you're shooting a movie, we don't, yeah, we don't, don't it's need not, all it's not a that. seam. Yeah. yeah. And so you end yeah. up, you're actually more limited, uh, you know, because of everything that goes into that. Mm. Um, and, the, you know, the the camera has to be set up so so specifically yeah. and your lens, you've got the weight issues and things. And yeah. Uh, yeah, no. So it's funny how much it's actually, you're right, it's moved back to more of a traditional, you know, yeah. cage mounted black arm kind of. Which is yeah. nice to see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. for a long time I've been going, Everybody just seems to want the latest, highest technology stuff. Yeah. Actually, can't you keep it simple? Yeah. Yeah. But they're, and they're still actually wanting to keep it super complicated. Yep. I can't remember yeah. how yeah. many jobs I've lost out because they've gone, no, we want Russian arm. Right. Right. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Ukraine. Yeah. Yeah. Arm. Ukraine, yeah. Right. Yeah. But it's, it's, yeah, it is. It's true. It's one of those things. And you know what? Uh, the amount that those things can do and how complex they are actually in some ways works against you because the repeatability, everything that that operator has to do, um, you know, to the arm itself, forget about operating the camera, um, you know, the control of those arms, it's so complicated and repeatability becomes a real issue. Uh, Whereas if you have a more traditional system, then your operator is focusing on operating, you know, they're framing the shot and it's just a different thing. And I think, you know, come around to it, that's a big reason that for Game of Thrones, we decided that we needed something that was able to keep pace with what we need, but more importantly, wouldn't sink into the bog, yeah. which was a, uh, you know, as, a, as you know, where we shot St. Field, uh, you know, in Northern Ireland, um, you know, we had more landing mat than the British Army, I think, at yeah. one point to make sure that our cars in the parking lot didn't it's sink sli- into the bog. Because yeah. yeah. the first few years, we certainly had enough rental cars, uh, you know, stuck up to their axles. <laughs> in Irish bog yep. uh, and had the boys. And thankfully, again, you know, Land Rover is a big supporter of the show and we had, you know, our whole fleet of white 110s yep. and they were meant just to ferry talent back and forth to the sets, but ended up being almost Doing a, a full-time recovery crew, yep. uh, you know, yep. because they were pulling all the crew out. So, you know, going into it, knowing that we need a car, A, that can keep pace with the, again, with these horses and that can, uh, you know, can support the, you know, what is a technocrane essentially on the, on the back of it. Um, and that isn't going to get bogged immediately, oh, damn, you yeah. know, and you can't, there's no other car out there, no. you know, that will do that. No. You know, you couldn't bring the Pursuit Systems F-150 or something, for instance, because it just isn't meant for that. It's yeah. not, you know, it, it's a heavy car, but it's meant for the desert and things like that, where it's not going to get bogged. And uh, also, you know, fly that from the United States. Like, how do you even get it? There's nothing in Europe that does yeah. that. And so what, what sort of inspired you to build 
this the sort of this I one. guess the evolution from okay start with Braveheart which what is essentially a that one 90 you know a, a sort of stock Land Rover more or less obviously mm -hmm. heavily modified but it, it looks like a Land Rover yep. to this which is a completely unique vehicle sort of purpose built for this kind of thing well I mean I this was built really around what I learned off using the old the old 90 mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. was based around what what I was hearing from grips and people like that. So, I mean, if you're, if you're looking at all, yeah. all these bits and pieces, you know, I said the, the, the grips were saying, oh, we, you know, we could do with power, uh, close to the camera position, wherever mm -hmm. it is on the vehicle. Right. So I put power up to here, mm -hmm. power at the back here, mm -hmm. it's power at the front. So wherever, wherever you went in this vehicle, they only had to do a short run to plug right. into something. Right. Then the video guys were saying, oh, it'd be really handy just to not to have loads of cable about the floor. So. You know, can you put in access to uh, video feeds and stuff like that? So hence why we ha all that's there, that's there. There's outlets in the cab as well. Um, ironically, when I did all that, nobody used any of it. <laughs> they just went into one position. Uh, right, right. <laughs> so there was a lot of work in different bits that, that was never used. I knew we needed room on the back. I knew I needed to get seats that would mount wherever they needed them. Yeah. Um, the old cage system on the first uh, Batmobile worked really well so I duplicated it on this so this is this has actually got a cage that goes all the way back um so so we this this is a custom media this is a safety devices derived uh, no or... this was made by um, protection and performance oh, okay yeah um so it was designed specifically for the vehicle because I gave them a a spec. I said, you know, it be it needs to be able to carry a ton on the roof potentially. Yeah. Yep. Um. I I said, you know, we could be mounting, we could be using bits of the cage in different places. So, for instance, I can put on the back here, but just have two. Or or in fact, in Game of Thrones, we brought the cage back to here. Yeah. And then the the big aluminium plate that sits at the front. Right. That kind of sat halfway over mm -hmm. the three operators were, right. who were sitting yeah. here. And they're little, and they're, so camera they're operator cubby, in the middle. Uh, yeah. 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 Camera operator there, uh, focus puller, and then head yeah, and head arm operator, tech. Yeah. Yeah. And then the um, the arm operator went in the cab. Um, so this was a busy, busy area. And then sometimes I have to put another seat up here for the photographer to be on the yep. vehicle to get some stuff. Yeah, yeah. And at one point, we even had another, we had a Libra mount mounted on on the back and the front to get other shots. Yep. So you couldn't have done that with any of the other no, no, vehicles that are no. around at the moment. No, a Porsche so, Cayenne uh, doesn't, you can't mount anything no. to the front of the back of it. No. Yeah. No, it's, so, it's always, it's, it's interesting. I mean, the F-150 is an okay choice, but the rest of them have always been high performance cars mm. because they're meant to shoot car commercials. Yes. Like that's really what the Russian yeah. arm is for. It's a car commercial piece. Mm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, this is just a total, this feels like, you know, I'm, I'm from Canada and uh, William F. White is our, uh, oh, yeah. right. you know, is yep. in Canada and uh, William F. White had the pickup trucks mm. with the uh, full speed rail cage around them. And that was it. And you'd mount the arm and you'd mount the camera. And it was just sort of, so this is is reminiscent of that in a way that this isn't a pickup truck from the 1990s. No. But, you know, this yeah. is this is sort of the evolution of that in a way that is, you know, again, there's there's yeah. nothing in the world like it. I no, mean, uh, you, no. you know, you know that obviously. So let's so talk a little bit about sort of being there, operating the car. Well, so this car obviously is the actual car, the Vampire Bat that, that we used on Game of Thrones yep. for... Uh, for the Battle of the Bastards, Battle of Winterfeld, as is, is more uh, traditionally known as. And uh, 
So talk to me a little bit about what is that process like for you? So this, I get, I, I guess it gets on a barge and heads to Northern Ireland. Well, goes in my truck. No, it goes actually. in your truck. Yeah, goes right. In, okay. Yeah, yeah. Squeeze it in, inch, yep. of, inch of clearance on each side. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, yeah, it goes in the truck along with all the rest of the kit I need. Um, and uh, by that time, I'd, I'd already been down to Bickers Action because they didn't they didn't have a vehicle that would cope with the off-road conditions, right. which is why they, they asked me to come in with this. Um, and I previously used it on Fury with with a, a Ukraine arm on top yep. Yep. for Bickers. Yep. Um, so when they were asked to, well, actually, at that point, we weren't even sure we were going to do it because there was two tracking vehicles went out. Um, it was Chapman's had taken yes. one of their big trucks out yep. with a, a normal crane on it. Yeah. And I can't remember if that was the one with the tracks on it or... Uh, we had a tracked one for a little bit, but that, yeah. that had... The, the speed was just it, not there. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't go. Couldn't and go. then the other one uh, just sank into the mud immediately. Yeah. And was, that was it. Yeah. It was... Well, uh, we went... And I fast. think it took no less than three 110s to pull that thing out, Plus. finally get it back onto solid enough ground that it could, yeah. it could go. But no, and not... To say, and again, Chapman is a wonderful Good company. Vehicles. They have great yeah. stuff, right? But again, it's just the conditions there, uh, you know, yeah. Northern Ireland, St. Field, which is, you know, sort of a north of Bainbridge. And uh, mm. it is uh, a marsh. I mean, yeah. it's, a, you know, no, well, nobody should go there, certainly well, not to make a movie. No, but, uh, especially, especially after you killed all the grass that was holding Absolutely, all that yeah. surface mud together. Yeah. No, we worked very hard to kill that grass, yes. uh, uh, spread straw over it, and let it sit. And uh, yeah, oh, yeah, no, absolutely. So, uh, yeah. so yes, um, went out to do that. So we had the test and. And actually, at the time of the test, conditions weren't that bad. Not like when we filmed, right. which where, right. where they were really, really bad. We had horses parading over it for the better part of two weeks. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. So conditions were bad when we went back to do the filming. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, you know, like any other film, it's a, it's a real juggling act. And, um, you know, you're working to try and get a lot of things in the right place at the right time. Yeah. For me as a driver, especially with a, when you're working with that kind of remotely controlled arm, yeah, you know you've got to be coordinating with your with your arm operator yeah. in the front. Yeah, you've also got what the the cameraman wants and the yeah. and the DOP and the director with regards to the position of the camera and the subject they're filming. Yeah, um, and you add that to the fact that you're you're filming a horse sometimes mm -hmm. with a stunt rider on it, where it's a bit more controllable because yeah. they can work to you as you can work to them yeah. when it's an actor on it is slightly different. Right. Um, and then throw in the ground conditions where almost zero grip really, yeah. because yeah. you know, it was just smooth mud. And yeah. as soon as the wheels get choked up, um, yeah. you you're running on slicks. Yeah. So, uh, particularly in that Bat of the Bastards one where we're heading towards the uh, the other side of the hill and we've mm -hmm. got a downhill and then an uphill. Mm -hmm. That was quite difficult, getting the traction initially to get off and then yeah. trying to get enough speed up and enough throttle down to throw the mud out the tires because, you know, if, we're, if you don't do that, you're, you are yeah. driving on slicks. Yep. Um, and in the meantime, controlling the vehicle from fishtailing because gravity, as soon as it was catching on that slippery slope, yeah. gravity's trying to take the back end of the car away. Yeah. Um, and then keeping it in a straight line with regards to your subject that you're filming as well. Yeah. So there was quite yeah. a lot going on when we did it. Yeah. Um, fortunately for me, camera operator was absolutely fantastic yeah. and yeah, yeah. understood 
the conditions that we yeah. were driving in and that, yeah. you know, the, and, and the fact we're dealing with an animal as well. So yeah. things can't be perfect. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, it was a lot of fun though as well, just, you know, to be driving those conditions and yeah. trying to, to get that job as good as you can. Um, but yeah, the vehicle was fishtailing around. There is uh, some amazing footage, some great photos of spray of mud coming yeah. off. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was funny those, those two weeks leading up to that, um, you know, the grips would start with, uh, you know, regular boots and then they'd have their wellies on. And by the end of it, they were all wearing waders uh, yes. because guys were so falling muddy. over, yeah. uh, so much. They were getting so covered in mud. They were all wearing full hip waders. Yeah. And, uh, well, I remember when I was brutal. there, there was, there was suddenly, there was a big panic, um, uh, off offset, and uh, one of the big cherry pickers on tracks had started sliding down the hill. Yeah, yeah. So it started coming down the hill. Yeah, should yeah. never have been parked on the side of the no, hill. I don't I know why. Say, yeah, but... exactly. Yeah, we had a, a cable camera that we mm. had run between those two cherry pickers. Yeah, that uh, that we had all the overhead shots because it couldn't fly drones there because the rain and everything yeah. and the wind is too much. So we'd fly this uh, this you know the cable cam back and forth. And at one point, the cable got tensioned a bit too much. And yeah, it started pulling them both together. Yeah. <laughs> the, oh, it's just because there's no, there's nothing on the ground. You know, it was it's a just, very low no traction environment. No traction, traction. traction at all. Yeah, no, it was mm. it was incredible. What? It, yeah, and again, I think you now you look at the results of that episode. I think in many people's opinions, uh, certainly one of the greatest episodes of of Game of Thrones that we oh, yes. uh, that we did. Yeah. You know, in our just shy of eighty episodes, um, you know, that is regarded as you know one of a the the best medieval battle scenes yep uh probably ever ever put to film and then or or, or digital uh, you know bits and bites and and you know probably one of the most sort of gut-wrenching captivating uh ways of shooting it because yes. it felt real in a way that wasn't like oh this is amazing it felt real in a way that was sort of uh downtrodden and depressing mm -hmm. and sort of you know uh compressive in a way that when you know, at the, for those who haven't seen it, spoiler alert, I guess, when the battle sort of makes a turn mm -hmm. and you realize Kit's not dead and he's yeah. come back and all of this sort of stuff, then you sort of, it, it's such an uplift. Yeah. But in order to do that, everything before that had to just be misery. Yeah. And it was that way to make it too. You know, yeah. like uh, it no, was, it was uh, definitely. I mean, it, oh, yeah. I, mean I, I think, I mean, it's definitely one of the great scenes in, in filmmaking history. It's, it is epic and I think it sits along side Ben-Hur yeah, um, yeah. and some of those films with regards to to what it was like Braveheart, that big Battle mm -hmm. of Sterling mm -hmm. sequence. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, you know, we've got three vehicles here that have been involved in... Some of the most, yeah. yeah. Well, so let's talk a little bit about the filmography. So there's Braveheart. That's sort yeah. of what got it started. And, you know, maybe Game of Thrones is, mm -hmm. is certainly one of the most noteworthy. Yeah. Um, but what are some of the other shows that this collection of vehicles have worked um, on? James Bond Goldeneye, yeah, uh, which was yeah, that was another pretty that that was that was an amazing an amazing one for me because the vehicle we worked in the south of France down at Leavesden, um, and in fact that one was sitting in front of the tank that came through the wall, right? Yeah, um, that stunt there, which went seemed to go on and on and on because <laughs> we it was all day to shoot it. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I think about ten goes before ten run ups to the wall, which each one was cancelled because the time it wasn't. Quite right. Quite it was right. pretty critical uh, yeah. when it was coming off yeah. a ten foot ramp. That's right. Forty tons of tank coming yeah. towards you. True. Um, oh yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so I was sitting in front of that one. That was that was that was that's kind of that will always stick in my mind. Yeah. That particular wow. shot, especially wow. as the the wall burst open. It was almost like slow motion from mm -hmm. uh, with the barrel coming through, and then the 
the tank. The tank, yeah. Thing. Yeah. Um, so James won Goldeneye. This one was on uh, Wrath of the Titans. Right, yeah. This one yep. did a sequence in that. Oh, uh, Sleepy Hollow. Oh, yeah, right. With Johnny yep. Depp. Yeah, 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 um, that's right. Uh, that was a, that was a whole load of stuff inside a studio. Again, the the big problem for other tracking vehicles was they couldn't keep up with the yeah. the horses. Yeah. Um, yeah, these have always been really good on on that sort of thing because of the traction of getting from the vehicles yeah. and the power and torque. Right, you know, especially when you're carrying a big load. And people take that for granted: how quickly a horse can go from a standstill to like a full gallop oh, it's, it's quick staggeringly yeah. quick you you think i guess you know you, you think oh well it's a car that's one horsepower this has 125 you yes. know but it's it's that a, a horse can get going it doesn't weigh anything for how much power it has yeah. and uh yeah it's it's startling how quick a horse yeah is, they're very going. very yeah. quick yeah the only thing quicker off the mark is greyhounds oh so yeah i've done yeah. tracking shots and greyhounds oh, interesting they're pretty right. quick yeah um uh i did a really incredible shoot with uh, Birds of Prey. So, um, oh, actually, not just Birds of Prey. I did one with the um, with a raven um, where we were moving along and the raven was coming to a lure that was being held by the, the handler uh, because they, they were shooting on high-speed cameras. They were yeah. trying to get a raven doing some kind of loop that they do. They sure, fly yeah. and they yeah. stall and almost twist on themselves. Um, and I had a, a platform, basically a piece of this, um, <laughs> A platform sitting outside the vehicle on the left-hand side with one of these seats mounted on the platform so as the handler was completely out with the 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 vehicle and the kind of turbulence from it and um he brought along a peregrine falcon a raven um we never got the starlings out for that one <laughs> we were supposed to be doing yeah. tracking shots of the wow. starlings wow um uh so we're doing tracking shots in a peregrine and what they were trying to do was catch the peregrine in its stoop before it dived yeah. down, yeah. Uh, which they managed to do. Um, and I'd have to shoot off. I kind of shot off to about 50 miles an hour, and then they'd, they'd let the peregrine go. It would fly towards the, the guy up into the air and then down into the stoop oh. and take the lure. But the, uh, the really incredible one was the raven. He came, did his stall, grabbed the, the, the lure, and then we're still moving along. And he lands on the tracking vehicle next to his handler. Ah, ah. And yeah, that, amazing. that kind yeah. of blew my mind. I thought, yeah. hold on, birds don't normally land on moving objects. On moving objects, yeah. Um, wow. A, they're very, very clever, Ravens. Yeah. And, yeah, very clever. And B, I remember uh, Lloyd saying to me, he said, he thinks I'm his mate, and all he does is mug me all the time for food. And that was it. That's that's. <laughs> I know so that, did he uh, do that. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because we we did some Raven stuff on uh, on Game of Thrones and mm. getting them to fly in straight lines. Like they'll do, they'll solve math problems if you want yep. them to. You know, like it's really they're really incredible. Like yeah. uh, incredible things. Well, Dungan, this has been. We could talk all day. I mean, I think for for probably a month uh, we could. <laughs> we have a multi part series uh, here, but well, you're most welcome back anytime. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you for having us here. Uh, you know, in the uh, Bat Cave, uh, and th you know, thank you first of all for everything you've done, My the pleasure. Land Rover community, uh, and then uh, you know, thank you for for making uh, one of I think the greatest shots uh, in uh, certainly television history, maybe uh, in, in all of cinema uh, possible for us being a part of that team. Uh, absolutely amazing. So uh, please. Now you have to come over to, uh, you know, Oregon in between a uh, Overland Expo or something, spend some time with Ike and I and drive around some 75-year-old oh, like yeah. shitty Land Rovers. And, they, uh, that would suit me fine. <laughs> oh, good, you know, good. look at some of the old stuff in here. Brilliant. All right. Well, hey, thank you again. We You're appreciate it. You're most welcome, it. Steve. Thank you. All right. Cheers for now. Cheers.
I love Duncan Barber so much. He is so interesting to talk to. Holy moly. It is really incredible. When I was a kid reading articles about about him in the Camel Trophy, I actually thought he was the barber for the Camel Trophy. I was yeah. like I was like 10, so you right. know, I right. could be forgiven for that, but No, it makes sense. I mean, he may, I don't know. My yeah. moonlight. I thought he was just, you know, giving it on the Camel Trophy. No. Well, you know, they did have, I think it was Bill Burke that was telling me, they had a guy that only dealt with the watches. Like there was one guy on the Camel Trophy and he just made sure that everybody's Camel Trophy watches, like anything they needed, he was there to deal with the watches. Yeah, I believe that there's like a whole separate entity that was like Camel Watches and maybe Boots too. They like did all the merchandising for that. So that makes sense if there's a lot of photography going on. There's somebody making sure that all that is, you know, the the watch faces are clean. He just comes out with a little cloth. and Yeah, they're cool. I have one of them. They're a real, you know, a niche, but they're a real collectible. People seek them out. And more importantly, they seek out the store display stand, which was like a crazy little mountain that mm-hmm. had a backdrop with a Defender 110 and some other stuff on it. It was very cool. Those, those people are dorks. Yes, super dorks. Yeah. Super dorks. Camel Trophy collector dorks are the dorkiest of dorks. So, of, of which I'm glad to announce that myself and a couple of other North American <laughs> Camel Trophy collectors have signed up to represent the Camel Trophy Club here in North America. So we're, we're going to get together and we're going to try to put on a Camel Trophy event, you know, gathering of Camel Trophy owners here in North America at some point in uh, the next couple of years. So, well, we, we couldn't be prouder of you dorks for <laughs> representing the rest of us. Mega dorks. Speaking of dorks, if you want to yeah. totally dork out on Duncan's workshop, holy moly, do we have a video for you up on the YouTube site, part of our four-part Travel Across the UK series. Uh, you can get an up-close and personal walkthrough of all of Duncan's vehicles. He's got a six-wheel drive ATV which is super cool. I, I keep calling it a six-wheel drive quad, which I realize is not the appropriate term. And he's got, of course, the original vampire bat, or the original bat, the vampire bat, and then also like a side-by-side specifically for, for camera car stuff. So it's super cool. We've also got a replacing the exhaust on the now for sale Series 3. So you can check out that brand new exhaust on the Series 3 that uh, you're about to purchase. It's, it's going to be nice. great. Yeah, it's, it's up, there with, so uh, up there with Ike. How was the how was the trip back north with the with the series three? Harrowing. Yeah, good, good. Yeah, that and the you know raiders and the desolate wasteland of Northern California. Yeah, that's exactly right. You got to look out. It's Gavin Noon- Nunez territory. Steer clear. Steer <laughs> clear. Remember that guy? What? Yeah. Remember that guy? Yeah, that's that's great. He's just now he's got one of those masks like the guy from Mad Max, the new the Fury Road. He's just he's just riding around out there. You know, yeah, but we made it, and uh, your your car is safely here, and it will be available for purchase. Yeah, as soon as it has some accoutrements, it's going through a full Ike grade upkeep and recommissioning, and uh, yeah, it's going to be great. No, no, it's not doing any of that. A bolt for bolt restoration. (laughs) That's going to be great. No, it's a great car. You know, it's a good driver. It's not a particularly original car, but it is a car that you can drive every single day. You can live with it. Exceptional West Coast chassis and bulkhead. Really, really. Really good. It's in it's in really good shape. Best steering of any Series Three. I'll stand by that. And uh, yeah, it just runs and and works, and it's just a great car. Lots of spare parts. Lots of spare parts. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Anyways, if uh, if you want to check that out and other Land Rover uh, videos, uh, check out our YouTube channel. We're getting there. You know, we're we're really trying to breach that magic five hundred subscriber number. So hey, you know what? Even if you don't watch them, if you could just go and subscribe for us, that'd be hugely helpful. 
just go to the old uh, YouTube and uh, search Underpowered Hour. Smash that like button. Smash it. Turn on like and subscribes and bells and all the other shit that you have to turn on. Do all that shit. That's great. And if you like Land Rover content, let me tell you, head on over to the Patreon because we are going to do special content, after dark content from the old Destination Defender as well as Trophy. So we'll have special stuff up there, little interviews and perhaps, perhaps some upcoming special content from the Nick Dimbleby, Michael Bishop, Ike Goss reunion. Oh my God. Coming up in November. It's going to be so good. I can't wait. It's going to be good. It's just going to be a, it's going to be a love fest. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. There will be tears. There will be uh, everything. It's going to be, it's going to be huge. So we'll catch up with you next week live from the Defender Trophy. As Ike and I drive a, a brand new Defender 130 into a ravine or something. It's going to be great. See you soon. The Underpowered Hour is produced by Liza Barris, Ike Goss, and me, Steve Barris. Pavel Svartov composed and performed our theme music. Consider supporting the show on Patreon, and if you already do, thank you. Your support makes the show possible. For even more, check out our Instagram or Facebook.